Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Chris Klein, who is the COO and co-founder of Bitcoin IRA. And we're going to be talking pretty much just about that. We're going to talk about Bitcoin and how you can purchase and hold it in individual retirement accounts. But before we do that, um, I'd like to welcome our guest. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Likewise, likewise. So um, where are you? Uh, I'm currently in Sherman Oaks, California, uh, outside of Los Angeles. And how's the weather down there? Uh, you know, I'm from Colorado originally, so I'm uh, I'm spoiled here, but it, it's a little chilly. About 42, 52, you know, but oh, wow. nothing like oh, what, yeah, it's pretty, it was cold the last couple of days, uh, rain. Okay. So I'm from Seattle and I made a, a, a journey South about a month ago because we've been just getting hammered with rain and it's still going on. And now I'm in, I'm actually in Fort, Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, and it's, it's cold, but the sun is out and that's always nice. So anyway, that's Colorado for you, it can that's be Colorado, yeah. cold and the sun will be shining. Yeah. So, Hey, um, before we, you know, dig in too deep here, could you just give a general introduction to, you know, what is Bitcoin IRA? Yeah, I mean, it, the name kind of speaks for itself. Uh, it's putting Bitcoin and now other digital currencies inside of a retirement plan. Uh, we opened it about six years ago. Uh, and basically, it's a fintech platform that allows you to open an account, uh, fund it, and then purchase and trade digital currencies at your discretion. Now, is this any kind of IRA? Yeah, Roth, traditional, SEP, simples, all those. Okay. And maybe you can walk us through some of the, well, one, the, the, the challenges. Why, I mean, why can't I do that in just any of my, you know, I, any of my other IRAs? Why do I need a Bitcoin IRA? It's an alternative product that is custodied a lot different than your typical stock bond or mutual fund. Um, in the about mid-90s, uh, the concept of a self-directed IRA came to establishment. Uh, and people used it for things like real estate, land, et cetera. Over the years, it's been used for private equity, peer lending, precious metals. Uh, and we brought the solution of crypto onto that instrument. So you can't go to Fidelity or TD Ameritrade and search and find it. Uh, it does take a specialty custody solution. Okay. And in, in your IRAs, um, can you, in addition to Bitcoin and other cryptos, can I, can you hold other types of investments as well? Yeah, um, you can also still hold those same stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, real estate, uh, alternative assets, Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and other digital currencies. So pretty much everything has just got that extra layer of alternative compatibility. Excellent. So maybe you can um, walk us through some of the benefits of putting crypto in an IRA. Well, the biggest one and what most folks look at it for is the tax advantage. So if you put it into a traditional or a Roth IRA, you're going to not have to pay capital gains taxes every time you buy and sell. If you go, if you went and put $5,000 at Coinbase a few years back and now it's 500,000, when you sell it, you're gonna have to pony up uh, capital gains taxes for that growth. In an IRA setting, you don't have to do that. And with a Roth in particular, when you take the funds out later after 59 and a half, it's tax-free withdrawals. Uh, so for folks that are big believers in the future of digital currency, the tax advantage is the pretty much the number one reason why they look at IRAs. 
beyond that, uh, now, especially this year, the conversation about inflation has become very important. Uh, and when you are in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you're in dollar derived assets. So you're going to liquidate to dollars. And uh, right now, um, with a 6.8% uh, inflation CPI for the year for the uh, for the book, um, folks are thinking about the how far their dollars can go and what can they do to hedge themselves against that. Those are some really good points. I'm just curious, uh, you know, a lot of states now are enacting capital gains taxes. Um, I'm from Washington State, and um, we, from 2022, there will be a capital gains tax for certain types of gains. If if I have um, investments in an IRA, specifically crypto, will will, will they be subject to any of the state's capital gains, or is that um, do IRAs protect against that as well? Yep, they protect a bit against that as well, because what you're doing is, and they encouraged us to do this, is you're putting money aside for the future. Uh, and so if you put it aside in a traditional IRA, you're going to be able to lower your income for that year for the amount you do contribute. So say you do 6000 you can lower it. Uh, and then uh, you can buy and sell and trade and get tax deferred growth, because later when you distribute it at some point, you'll be taxed in a traditional. Uh, and in a Roth, you don't take that benefit on the front side of lowering your income, but you get the benefit on the back side. These were instruments built to encourage American savers to build their retirement plans. Right. It, well, there's a couple questions here. Um, first off, I mean, you you know, you mentioned some of the traditional investments versus, you know, and the, the issues in terms of, you know, inflation. Um, and I think that you were kind of hinting that cryptos could be a hedge against inflation if used in the appropriate manner. Do, does your yes. firm offer do you, do you offer advisory services in addition to the um, the accounts themselves? No, we offer educational services. There really doesn't exist, at least not that I know that warrants the being actual a advisory for Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. It's only twelve years old. Uh, so anybody that will tell you, hey, this is what Bitcoin's going to do next, I'd be heating with a side of caution on that one uh, take, because take it with a pound well, of yeah. salt. Yeah, most people, I mean, I've been doing this for six years, and I won't say that it's going to do one thing or another. I think what, what it's driven by is the concept of scarcity, specifically with Bitcoin. Let's take that as a use case. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin mined ever, and it's designed that way by the diminishing rate of return and the exponential cost associated with mining one and the fact that the reward gets actually cut in half as we get closer and closer and closer to the final one. So you, you're, you, as a miner, if you're making it, your return is dissipating quickly. That's in direct contrast to the US dollar, which has a balance sheet that's 10X across the last 10 years. Uh, if you look at just from 2008 with the, uh, the crisis of the housing and the recession to where we are now with $1.5 trillion uh, infrastructure bills, these dollars are coming from somewhere and they're a hidden tax uh, on us in, in an inflationary sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been a big uh, fan of Bitcoin for for several years. Unfortunately, not early enough to. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually started following it maybe in 2012 um, and toyed with purchasing. And waited a few years. I, I still have been very, very happy um, with with the uh, obviously with the progress. The um, the main selling point for me was the fact that there's just there's a limited number, right? And so yeah. you 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 can't just go out and print more of them. So um, the, there's uh, actually other benefits as well, but let's go back to the the IRA accounts. Um, what's the actual process? I mean, with a with a traditional IRA account or a typical one, I should say, it's pretty simple. I can log in, um, pick the stock, the mutual fund that I want to purchase, enter a buy order, and it 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 happens. 
What's yep. the process with, with Bitcoin or another same thing? Yep, same thing. Uh, with, what we have is you can either go online or download the app. Uh, it's got a quick application, just like Fidelity or anybody else does, to get to know the details about who you are and what kind of account you're opening and how you'll be funding it. Uh, and then our team kicks in to help you fund it because there's nothing harder in today's world than moving money from bank to bank. I don't know if you had to do it lately, but it's a process. Uh, and so our team helps if it's, say, you're funding from just opening a new account. Sometimes folks will transfer from a IRA um, that they have already, like a partial amount of it. And then other folks have 401ks from past employers that they can roll over. Once those funds arrive, you log back in online or at the mobile app. And you just like you said, you'll click the coin that you want, how much of it you want and submit. Uh, and uh, then you can also in the future sell swap uh, amongst pairings and things like that in the same place. Okay. And then what about security? So I, I'm assuming that Bitcoin IRA is actually holding the the, the investments and on behalf of the of your customers is that, is that correct yes that's how an ira has to work we use our our vertically integrated digital trust it's our our own trust company we've worked with several throughout the years regulated by the state of nevada and we partner with bitco uh, it's a pretty familiar name especially this year i think they were um, acquired by digital galaxy for our galaxy digital for oh, about 1.3 billion they're the, we've been working with them since about 2015 and, and constructed the first wallet uh, design for this particular product need. Uh, it's it's insured up to $100 million per wallet. It's up to standards of like SOC 2 type 2 certification. And that's where the crypto is held offline and complete cold storage. So everything you're doing online, buying and selling it, it's just like with your stocks. Your stock certificate's not sitting there on Fidelity's site. It's not at risk. It needs to be in some storage capacity. Uh, so and then uh, settlements occur after you buy or sell the, the coins move as, as they need to securely. Uh, and we take it very seriously because cryptocurrency, it is um, is a new frontier and it takes uh, safeguards to protect folks. You hear a lot. I'm sure. Right. You've seen, Mark, a lot of those stories out there about people that lost their keys or lost their wallets or otherwise. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So a custody solution allows you that peace of mind. Uh, and then further, when you do pass away, because we do all die someday. Um, you will be set up with beneficiaries on the account. So it's very easy for your future generations to acquire the crypto, not sitting on like a ledger device and a safety deposit box somewhere. It's right there. They get in, that's the account moves over into their name appropriately, just like any other IRA account would. And now they have access to buy, sell, swap, uh, and trade those digital currencies. Well, it sounds pretty darn simple and, and I'm sure you've set it up that way you did mention that each wallet was insured I, I believe you set up to 100 million dollars per wallet yes that's actually I mean kind of interesting because typically I think banks they had the FDIC insurance which was I think about two hundred thousand dollars per account um, and investment companies you know you, you your big brokerages would offer some type of insurance per account uh, I've never heard of anything close to $100 million per wallet. Now, does that it, when we say per wallet, does that is that the same as per account, or is that when you you have multiple customers in one wallet? How does that work? It's a mix of both, but insurance in the sense of cryptocurrency is a lot different than FDIC, right? It's just yeah. what you're doing is you're insuring the security of the process, meaning that the technology that's holding that has been proven to be impenetrable and up to standards. And then you're also underwriting the people that are moving the coins following the right procedure for them. So I can't get into too many details because it's part of like our proprietary special sauce with, that we've created. But when say you wanted to distribute 
down the road. So you're old and you're trying to move your crypto. In order for you to move it to your personal wallet, it's going to involve about eight different layers of administrative controls. Uh, one of which is a video verification call with you, identifying you yourself and the details of the transaction, and then a series of things called micro-testing and whitelisting. So we, you don't just whimsically send off anything. You're, you're first whitelisting the address and confirming everybody's on the same page. Then you're also sending micro amounts of the digital currency that's being sent so that you can confirm TX IDs and everything goes through the chain appropriately. So it's a little bit different. You're really ensuring the process and the security and storage of it. So imagine like Brinks uh, has those kind of level co coverages for each vault, so to speak. And that's because the gold is sitting there, the, 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 the metal, uh, whatever it is, the, the treasures are sitting behind armed guard, security, 24 seven surveillance, those things, right? That's what these, that's a comparable uh, uh, interest. I guess, or insurance uh, that, analogy you could use. Yeah, that makes it much more clear for me. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your your fee structure and how that works? Um, with regular brokerages, they typically charge you an annual fee, um, you know, maybe say a couple hundred bucks. Uh, and then there's fees for each transaction. How, how does it work with crypto? In same, same actually. So you, you've got your, you have to have it stored securely behind all that, that secure concept we just spoke about and that insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a cost every month or every year of, I think it's, it's eight basis points a month. So it works out to about 60, uh, 65 basis points a year. So, and that's assessed monthly based upon the value of your account. Uh, and then when you do transactions, so buy, sell, or trade, there's a, there's a 2% trading fee, just like you would see uh, when you're buying something like a stock bond or mutual fund, there's a there's a bid ask spread. Gotcha. Okay. So let me ask you this. I mean, I I've heard some people criticize the the concept of holding crypto uh, in in a retirement account because of their concerns about volatility. And how yeah. would you respond to that? Well, um, I I my famous saying for myself is when in doubt zoom out so yes is crypto volatile absolutely it's 12 years old i have a seven-year-old daughter that thinks she's 16. she's volatile <laughs> it's this this is part of growing up right we've been young boys we were volatile uh we were full of testosterone right we've been through those eight, those years of our lives so there is a there is a natural volatility as this cryptocurrency takes hold of the fabric of our lives so um, yes, you have to be prepared for that. Now, most retirement holders or hodlers are looking at this in a three to five year holding period, if not more. They, the, the early adopters, I call them the engine nerds, they were NASA scientists, IBM guys that really believed in the technology and the future of crypto and what it's going to do. And they're just holding for the, the, this is not money they're taking off the kitchen table or for paying their bills or their mortgage. It's their retirement. Uh, and even, um, so that's one place of it. And, and what you don't see a lot of is day traders in the space, not for retirements. If you're where you see those guys are on the exchanges and they're moving big amounts of digital currency in and out left and right, trying to take advantage of the volatility. Most folks in our world are just getting into it, watching it grow over the years, and then at some point making a decision how they want to distribute it once they reach retirement. It's more of a long-term play. I know it doesn't seem like that because it's digital currency, but early adopters are looking at it from that angle. Well, yeah, and there's, I think, also a misconception that, you know, all IRAs are held by people who are on the cusp or already in retirement, when the reality is, is probably the majority of IRAs are held by people who are in the workforce, they've had a company 401k, they've left that company, and they roll that into an individual individual retirement account, 
they are may feel constricted in terms of what they're allowed to invest in. You're just giving them an option that, hey, you can invest in all those traditional investments, but you now you also have the, the option to to invest in crypto. Um, and it's not just a young man's game, though, anymore, yeah. either. So that's something we noticed. Uh, 75% of our clients were born before 1976. So they're our parents' age. I'm 36. So yeah, they're about our parents' age on average. Uh, and the reason why they're looking at it is they've still got plenty of working years left and growing wealth and, and those types of things. But they've been through some stuff. They, uh, they've been through, what's the 89 or 88 crash. You got the dot-com bubble. Then you got the 2001 recession followed by the 2008 recession. And and now they're facing inflation. So these are they're kind of making decisions like, hey, you know, going the, the tried and true way of just having a traditional portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds doesn't quite work in today's economy. I've got to think outside the box. Totally makes sense. Um, I, I, again, coming back to that idea that, you know, crypto is is risky or inherently risky. I mean, all investments are basically are. And, it, 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 and you know, you mentioned some significant crashes and adjustments that happened in the past. Um, I kind of, you know, when you talk about options, for example, one of the most common replies is, oh, options are risky which is a massive misconception uh, because it just depends how you use them. Options can be actually great for mitigating risk as a, you know, as an, an mm -hmm. insurance lever. Um, and, and what you're talking about the use of crypto is, is, it's also, it's, you know, it's asset allocation, diversification, and it just fits part of the, uh, the portfolio. But, yeah. but if you are going to realize significant gains, it's kind of nice to do it in a tax, well, is it, what's the word? Tax of tax avoidance? Uh, no, tax. What's sheltered? Sheltered, way? sheltered yeah. is usually a common word. Yep, tax shelter. Yep. Well, let me ask you this: How how many uh, customers do you have right now? Currently, we have a hundred thousand users. Uh, we've been doing this for about six years. We have just about two billion dollars of assets under custody. So about two billion dollars worth of digital assets out there uh, that have been put into retirement accounts. Uh, and yeah, that, those are the two main key points. Okay, um, but you did mention that your accounts can hold additional assets as well, not just the the digital or crypto. Yeah, correct? mostly what we see right now, uh, because our buyer is pretty heavy on the crypto side, because they they don't move their whole fidelity, right? They'll they'll like right. leave what they plan on doing for stocks, bonds over there, and they put the part that they want for crypto over here. Uh, the other piece that we see a lot of, and it's not a huge percentage, is gold. We worked with a group uh, that put a blockchain over the top of an inventory of gold at the at the um, Canadian Royal Canadian Mint, uh, mm -hmm. and so you can now trade gold alongside your crypto. So what we see a lot of folks have done over the years is once they reach a point of exit for their crypto, they may go and sit on the sidelines in gold uh, because of its stability. Also, it has been historically known as a hedge against inflation too. Uh, so it kind of it does have a little bit of a synergy. Sure. Would you have the data for a hundred thousand customers? And this is Secure Talk, so we talk about data protection and all that. Oh, it's huge. Um, what? How do you do it? Uh, it you, it's part of growing up as a business. Any any entrepreneur will tell you that the technology is something you always have to be thinking about. Was fortunately for us, we were we got partnered early on with Bitco, who has a really high standard of security concepts. I, they literally have guys sitting in rooms thinking of what could go wrong, and they built amazing. Uh, so because they're backing, I think they're now at like almost like. 40, 30 or 40 billion dollars uh, worth of, I think maybe it was the 50, 50 billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency, the last report they had. So they really have to be focused on that and consumer data. 
there's a lot of great tools out there. You're always going to have a target on your back. These last two years have shown that cyber crimes are just, you guys all know, they're off, they're off the charts, right? Especially with COVID uh, and the amount of things that you see. I, in fact, I had a spearfish attempt on myself this morning. Uh, where, you know, they try to impersonate me in some mocked email and then my employees respond and then they get convinced to go get gift cards, all that. We, they, we train really well for our team. You've heard of these yeah. things. And they uh, I sometimes. They get see them all the time. They're everywhere. Especially, it's it's yeah, nonstop. You, you get a, so, a, a, new, a new hire or an intern or somebody and they get an email from the boss and they're like, oh, yeah. I got to go. got to do this. Yeah. I got to go. I got to go get these. Oh, my goodness. And then, and then when it's all said and done, you're like, I can't believe that happened. But – that's but they, because they're consistently hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. It's brute force across the entire spectrum now. So you have to build sound technology. Uh, you have to put it on in the right places. I mean, even that's difficult. You have Cloudflare's and AWS's, uh, but you have to have redundancy is huge uh, because uptime is, mm -hmm. is fundamental. With cryptos moving and you've got a system that's down, that's a problem. We started this without any technology, right? We It was an idea and then we had... A room full of people helping clients over the phone execute trades through inter-party, inter, like uh, separate third-party softwares, and then eventually integrated everything into our own trading engine. Uh, and as that expands, uh, uptime is huge and client security is huge. So uh, authentication, you got to, I, I say, if you haven't authenticated, authenticate and then authenticate again. Uh, that's a big place. And then we've been taking it back to the analog. That's part of where digital has to find a marriage is you know when a client wants to update something on their account we actually go even uh with simple things like email or phone updates we'll do a video verification call with the client get them on the phone match up the id compared to the id we have on file have them on video have them confirming the details because of the prevalence of sim swaps and email hacks and things we actually just had a client last week that got hacked uh, not on our platform, uh, just want to clarify, but their credit cards got maxed out. <laughs> yeah. Their credit cards get maxed out. Their bank accounts get emptied out. This is Thanksgiving, like the week of Thanksgiving. Man. They call us and they're like, I don't even know if my crypto is safe at this point because I've lost control of everything. They have gotten everything. And we were able to tell them, no, everything's fine here. Um, they didn't, when they weren't able to get through the authentication, I think that what it was that it tagged a different IP address and they didn't have the ability to do it. And we just have enough layers that uh, you can't even get it out without talking to us on video, which is you kind of have to go back to that analog a little bit to to feel a little bit safe now. So do you do you force all your customers when they log in to do some type of uh, multi-factor authentication? Yeah. Multi-factor authentication. And then behind the scenes, you know, the tools, I think the best tool out there I've heard of, and I think it's the one we still use is Okta. They really built yeah. a great program of, uh, of, of giving people uh, op options. In fact, uh, some of our clients even have taken it as far. I know myself personally, I use Yubi keys for everything in my life. Um, it's on my key keychain, and if I need to put it into the system, and it's, it creates like a 175-character password that I use for my wallets, I use it for my bank accounts, wherever I can. Not everybody offers support for YubiKeys. It's mostly like Authenticator, Microsoft, Google, those ones. But if you can find YubiKey, that one makes me feel the most comfortable personally. I think that's some great advice, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that you you know you, you take authentication so seriously. Um, you're the first company that I've spoken to that um, will force a, a a video authentication, and I think I think it's a it's a it's a great idea. It's, I mean, it, if you don't have to wait around for it, I mean, the problem with communicating with a lot of the companies, especially in the in the investment space these days, when you try to get you know customer service on a call, it's almost oh, it's impossible. impossible. Yeah. We have a policy of 90 seconds or less. So one of the things we did differently, if you go to any other crypto company out there, you're going to go to an FAQ with a robot and there's not even usually a phone number to call. We started with in a world where we knew it's retirements. People are on average are doing 40 to $50,000 investments. 
they need to talk to somebody. They need a white glove experience. And so we carry that forward into the service of their account over the years. Uh, one of the things our phone system has is a service level standard. And we set it at 90 seconds or less. If you call us and you are on the phone with somebody in less than 90 seconds, then we failed our service level. And our goal is to hit 85%. We try to bat 85%. Now, nobody's perfect, and, and we had to build that up. But those are the things that I think we're missing a little bit of. It's awesome to have all this amazing technology, right? Well, this, is, this is great. But it doesn't mean we have to get rid of the human. The human plays an important role. And I just the other day, I'm sorry, my grandfather passed about a year ago. And I finally, I got something from JP Morgan about this. And I have now had to submit it three times because one of them, they said, Chris and Christopher weren't the same name. I'm like, wow, that's that's I haven't seen that before. But this is a retention thing. That's, they uh, that's your that's your compl that's your compliance officer, man. He's yeah, uh, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and and so but it's I had to call to do so. It was two hours. I was on hold and 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 there's nothing you can do. You have no choice. It's uh, banks. And that's part of I think where you see this disruption of crypto is it has this decentralization factor to it. It's a different way of looking at money, and it's also a different way of looking at finances um, and interpersonal finances between each other. Most banks, let's look at five years ago, some were calling it a fraud, some were calling it uh, funny money. Now they're all building programs and platforms on how to support it. So, uh, you know, yeah, I guess you hustle till your haters ask if you're hiring, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings up the next question. Why can't some of these traditional players just offer the same? Uh, some of them have, you know, Fidelity did a little bit of a case study with it. There are banks that are growing that in our space, what you're seeing is actually more people leaving traditional finance at the, like the, not a brain drain, but quite a bit of folks jumping over to businesses like ours uh, to develop the next thing. I think what you will see is more, you'll probably see some acquisitions and some mergers of platforms that are in the right space that banks are saying, you know what, if I just buy this because they're cash heavy, I can have I can integrate this quickly into my world and and be a leader in the space and one will do it and then more and more of them will do it. It is it is a different way of looking at the way you do things right uh, protecting stock certificates and zeros and ones is one thing protecting billions of dollars of digital currency that's not like cash in the bank and it can be moved inappropriately and it can be uh, risk at, at a greater risk and it has a bigger target on its back. That's a that's a whole new ballgame that it does take a specialty to. Definitely makes sense. I mean, if I was going to trust somebody with my cryptocurrency, I would want a subject matter expert, 100%, um, and not the company that I had a similar experience recently where I was um, trying to move some money. And you mentioned it earlier that uh, trying to move money is, is so painful these days. It wasn't a huge amount, but it was meaningful. And it should, the process just goes on and on and on. And I mean, I don't have hours to sit sit there and wait for somebody to come on and you know and send me another document that I've already completed several times. But whatever, yeah. So definitely would want to go with the subject matter expert. So let, let me ask you this: um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, you know where you're at in terms of company size, um, you know your funding situation, and and what 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 are the plans for 2022? So we are, let's see, we're about 120 strong. We have two to two sides to our business. We have the, the platform, which is Bitcoin IRA, and we have our trust, uh, which is a self-directed IRA trust company uh, in Nevada, which is called Digital Trust. So put those two together, it's about 120 folks. We're self-funded the whole way. Uh, we opened this up, my partners and myself, uh, with a mission uh, to help more Americans retire about a decade ago. And we did other things than crypto before we got into crypto, uh, but all within IRAs and understanding how alternatives work. Uh, where we're headed next, you know, we we had a lot of big uh, launches in 2021. Um, it wasn't just a banner year for 
production and what the market did and the industry did. But we, let's see, our earn program launched in February. Uh, that was the ability for clients to earn uh, or earn a, a yield basically on their holdings. Uh, that grew very quickly. And then our mobile app went out right around Father's Day. Our, I think our, and we just uh, last month expanded, we were at about 15 digital currencies. Now we're at 65. So we added about 50 new digital currencies to the platform. 2022 is going to be about maximizing the customer journey and polishing the technology, I think. And this is our time to really take it to the next level. And there's a point in your business where you have to do that. You know, you have to grow very fast. And sometimes you're putting things together very quickly. And at some point, you got to go back and, and, and rethink, is the customer journey maximized? Uh, can we make changes not just for systems facing the client, but also internal? What can we do differently? Uh, that, that'll be a big place uh, where we'll be focused. And if, I think we're going to be in quite a treat for 2022 that you're going to see even greater expansion of digital currency. So we're going to stay busy, stay growing. Um, we are we are integrating. I know one thing that we we started doing a couple of years ago. We're going to beef it up is our saver program. There's a lot of folks that are maybe younger that just want to get started, but it's a six thousand dollar drop is not feasible to open up your new account, so to speak. So we help them break it out into monthly payments and have it come out automatically, and then they can invest it. Uh, that just is in more technology integrations, and you got to go through the checklist to get there. Uh, but that that's kind of where we're at. Uh, we're just going to keep helping more Americans retire. That's a pretty noble goal. Uh, just a couple more questions. You, um, you know, you mentioned the 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 addition of I, how many currencies now? Can you can you uh, sixty five? Sixty five. What's your vetting process for determining whether or not you want to allow uh, that currency to be held by you know your customers? The biggest these... thing for uh, yeah for us the biggest thing is is it compatible with our system and can we provide it in a sense of an IRA that it makes sense? So. You have to have wallet support, right? So if it's not going to be held secure behind those same wallets that we we constructed years ago and have, have mastered since with Bitco, uh, it's probably a non-starter because you want to keep the asset as safe as possible. There's a lot of assets that can be held where they offer it on their own wallet. You know, it's like some XYZ token that wants it on, on and you hold it. And that always is a little red flag for me because mm -hmm. um, if it's not compatible to third party wallets, it's 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 somewhat closed system, which crypto is all about transparency and open systems. And then you need to have liquidity. You need to have uh, we use mostly OTC providers, partners that uh, are allowing us to trade off exchange. You don't really like to be buying and selling on exchange. That's where there's some risks. Uh, so using OTCs and them have offered this liquidity because you don't want to put somebody in something that 10 years down the road or even 10 months down the road, it's illiquid. You know, we had a, we had an illiquid moment that took place with Ripple uh, in 2020, right? There was uh, mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year basically became not tradable. So we had to go through a process of notifying clients, re-notifying clients, telling them, hey, here's the fail type state. You have to, if you don't, this could be locked up and we don't know how long it would be locked up for. You don't want to have those headaches with thousands of account coins. So early on, it was a much slower process, but in the last two years, crypto's field has has exponentially grown and, and market cap, uh, having OTC providers that would provide liquidity and uh, wallets having the support necessary made us feel comfortable to add more coins. Uh, still, I would say that's I think 60%, 70% is in the two majors, which is Bitcoin and Ethereum these days. So people are dabbling in the other coins. They're not going, you're, you're still seeing the major holding at held assets uh, over time of Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay. Uh, what regulatory agencies do you 
have to report to or follow their, you know, kind of regulatory guidelines? Yep, that's a great question because it's part of why we integrated our trust company. Uh, we're regulated by the state of Nevada, which is a banking uh, a state. Like most every bank that you see out there, there's about five states that are heavy in banking regulation and they open up shop in those places and that's where they get licensed. So we got our trust license uh, from the state of Nevada banking uh, charter earlier this year. Uh, before that, we would work with other groups. What that means is that we are we are accountable to them for all of our banking practices, customer pr uh, protection practices, security practices, the gauntlet, everything. And we're audited at, at, at a whim at any time on what we're holding, how we're holding it, how we're recording it, reconciling it. So that's really what defines custody. Uh, and then beyond that, our partners, like uh, our liquidity partners, they are, many of them are regulated by uh, or in it's 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 an open game right now with regulation there. The CFTC, SEC, these are all groups that are kind of looking at how are we going to regulate this space, which is why we're having congressional conversations on the Hill, right? This just this mm -hmm. past week. Uh, and we applaud regulation. We lived through 2018, where part of what went wrong was it was crazy wild west. Everybody had an ICO. There was this token. This it was a breeding ground for fraud and 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 scrupulous people. Uh, when, when what they did at that point in time was they basically just kind of cooled off the entire industry by not allowing anybody to advertise that was doing anything crypto. Basically, the big players, Facebook, Google, they shut down advertising for anybody that was a crypto company. That weeded out the guys that weren't there for the right reasons. And what you've seen since is the next evolution of growth here is companies that are, they, we've got great minds building amazing companies that are, are going to define the future of finance here and abroad. You see. Uh, What's happening globally is so exciting for me. I don't know if you've stayed up with uh, El Salvador and now Zimbabwe and a handful of other countries. Uh, Bitcoin's going to do a lot for American consumers against inflation, I think, and as a future of finance. But what it might do for the third world left behind is going to be, in my opinion, just revolutionary and amazing for human empowerment. Well, talk a little bit about that. So obviously El Salvador created it, its reserve currency earlier this year, and it was it's an experiment, right? This is one of probably the greatest financial experiment we'll see in our lifetimes. These are things that we read about, you know, but they're actually it's happening. Uh, and so far it's expanded. Remember how underbanked that that place has the second lowest GDP, more people living below the poverty line than anywhere else in the world, mostly indigenous off the off the grid type folks that don't have banks. There's no banking infrastructure there, and they've been able to flip the script and you're seeing now what you won't see right away, you're seeing engagement and you're seeing that it's good. It's, it's been healthy for people as they have now have traditional finance, which opens up options for credit and all these other things that that's what makes economies grow. And then simultaneously, they're really centering their uh, infrastructure around it. So they're going to be able to br bring in large amounts of foreign direct investment as this continues to grow, they even mined the, their first Bitcoin with volcanic power. Now, El Salvador has been plagued <laughs> with volcanic problems for years, right? Like this is, I mean, you, they live on a volcanic soil. Uh, and so, which is great for growing things, but not so great when the thing erupts. Uh, and, and so being able to harness that power and do something, it really flips the script on what they can, what they can do. Uh, and it's a young president that's down there that's, that's really trying to change the legacy of his, his country. Uh, and that's really exciting. You know, I compared a little bit, you know, in the 60s and 50s, we were all terrified. Well, not you and me. We weren't around, but our grandparents were terrified of communism. It was going to spread from China to Southeast Asia through Vietnam, and it was domino theory and all the crypto has the potential. You imagine the neighbors of, of El Salvador, Costa Rica and, and, and Nicaragua looking and saying, man, 
These guys, look at they got skyscrapers growing up. They got banking infrastructure growing up. They got telecom coming in. Their their economy is growing into the next world. We got to get on this train. They're going to start looking at it. And Africa right now, Zimbabwe is looking at it, which has mo it's it's like I think nine 85%. Don't quote me perfectly on that, but at like 18 to 90% are living on $200 a month. And this could change people's lives. It could really be the greatest weapon against poverty, not some world bank or some world food bank and bureaucracy between it, but just humans doing what's different and best for humans. Sounds pretty darn exciting. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, it, and we're going to wind this down here in a second, but one of the kind of uh, most commonly, uh, I don't know, complaints, commonly heard complaints about uh, Bitcoin and the other cryptos is, you know, they, it, it's, it's kind of a pyramid scheme. People are investing and then more people coming in and but nobody's actually transacting or using the cryptos to do transactions. Um, where What are you seeing in terms of actual Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies being used for transactions and, and where where is that accelerating, if any place? Yeah, the, the first place you saw was big ticket items. So uh, last year and in 2019, you started seeing real estate. Like there was like a guy in Miami that sold a six million dollar uh, loft that would only take Bitcoin. So that was like the beginnings of it, is you. Know, and then you start seeing um, that like athletes and celebrities and others that are asking to get paid in digital currency. And right now it's aggregation. Like I had an old guy at the Starbucks down the street from my house ask me this exact thing the other day, and I looked at him. I said, "Well, you going to bring a bar of gold out of your safe and shave off a little piece <laughs> for your piece of, for your coffee this morning?" And it clicked for him. It's like, this isn't meant to be. There's 21 million of them. If this thing keeps going up in price, I don't want to spend it because if I spend $5 today, that could be $500 next year. Uh, and so other coins like Litecoin, Cardano, Zcash, these have been designed for more of a monetary exchange. There's more of them that are being created. So it's a higher supply. It's easier to mine. And they they can do more transactions per block, which means they can compete with the likes of Visa and otherwise. Uh, so and you'll start seeing I think Visa's putting out they just this week announced they're doing a crypto uh, discussion next year. That's a big move. That means that one they may start thinking PayPal is looking at it as well as uh, they've and now I think you what you will see is slowly merchants will start to choose it. Now there's good reason for many of them. So Amazon for example, why wouldn't they want to have people take Litecoin? Well, think about it. They're already working on pretty narrow margins. They don't have to pass forward the merchant services fee from American Express, which is three or four percent from Ibiza and MasterCard, which is like one or two percent because those don't exist with Litecoin. So now you have a chance to be a little bit more competitive as like an online retailer. Live Nation for the, you know, the tickets like Ticketmaster and all that, they were about to announce that Litecoin was going to come onto the platform as an option to buy tickets for concerts and, and sporting events. And then COVID hit. And that kind of just like, I mean, Live Nation just was trying to survive. They're not going to do anything fancy. They're just trying to figure out how we're going to stay as a company when nobody's going to any events for the next year. Uh, but what you'll and then you'll have merchants that look at it to their advantage. Now, big ticket items for a while on the other stuff. Uh, but slowly but surely, that's where you start seeing transactions happen. I think the crypto.com arena is understated for what it's going to actually do. These banks don't put their name on a stadium just to say, hey, look, I got my name on a stadium. That's part of it. It's ego driven, right? It's there. But what's underneath it is they're going to have access to everything happening inside that stadium, the concessions, 
the ATMs, the credit cards that are given out with the, the team name, like the Lakers credit card that Visa offers. These are now all places where digital currency like Bitcoin and others are going to be part of the conversation. And they may set the standard for what other groups do ahead. That's what I'm kind of excited about. I think that's something you're going to see happen more and more in 2022. Wow, I um, I gotta say, man, your your excitement uh, is contagious. I, I've taken like a page and a half of notes during this conversation, and I've got a lot of to dos uh, in terms of following up with uh, with some of these things that uh, that we discussed. Hey, Chris, I, I really um, enjoyed talking with you. If if any of our listeners want to get um, more information about uh, Bitcoin IRA, where should they go? Two places. You can just go to BitcoinIRA.com and right there you can click and get started, open up a free account, get a look at the dashboard, what the tools are. Um, mobile app is awesome. Just go to the App Store, search again Bitcoin IRA. It's a, it's a, uh, usually a white or an orange egg. It's the nest egg with Bitcoin inside of it. Uh, that's the greatest place to start. Once you start doing things, you can get a hold of any of our um, service professionals and, and crypto platform uh, experts that can at least help guide any of the additional questions you might have. Awesome. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for your time and I wish you a great 2022. Thanks. You too, Mark. Hello. Welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.